0: Welcome to the New Life Podcast. Here we want you to experience the grace of God. So through this sermon, we hope to come alongside you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about New Life, please visit our website at newlifeonline.org. Here's today's message. Well, imagine you walk into a room and and you're at a gathering, some kind of party or social event, and and there's all these people, maybe some people you know and some people you don't, but you're just, you're mingling, and and then suddenly you see that person— Maybe it's somebody that you admire or or look up to, but you're like, oh, man, I've never met them before, and I'm excited. Like, can you go over and and say, hey, I'm I'm so-and-so, and and you kind of do that initial introduction, and let's say this person's like, oh, well, tell me about you. I want to get to know you, and, and you're kind of like, oh, man, I can't believe they're asking me this question, like you're excited to share. What is it that you'd say? Someone that you're, you, you maybe anticipate meeting or look forward to, maybe it's a famous person or maybe not, but somebody you're just like, oh man, I'd, I'd love to meet so-and-so. And then you do, and they ask about you. What would you say? Hey, tell me about yourself. What comes out of your mouth for the next two minutes? I'm just curious to surface this question of, you know, who are you? what would you say when someone says, hey, I want to get to know you? What, what, what comes out of your mouth next? Especially if it's someone that you're like, oh man, I really want to like, make a good impression or I really want to communicate. Like, here's who I am because we only have two minutes. Like, what is it that you would say about who you are? I'm just curious if you've got some ideas or thoughts that are coming up in your mind. But like, Here, here's what I would say. Here's who I'd say I am. This is a question of identity, isn't it? Like, what defines us? Like, what's our identity? Who are we? And you can kind of imagine that scenario and and what you want to say, and, and, and maybe that's the kind of answer you'd want to give or you'd wrestle with that, but like, what is it that defines you? What's your identity? Who are you? That's the question I want to wrestle with today. As we continue in our series in the book of Exodus, this is our second week. Last week we started with the first couple of chapters, and now we're going to get to chapters 3 and 4, and we're, we're diving through this book. We're walking through this entire book of Exodus to learn something, because this story is a pivotal one. It's a foundational story for the Bible and for what happens in the Old Testament and for the new. And as all good stories do... It serves as a mirror for us. We're able to see ourselves in a fresh kind of way. And so, what we're doing through this series is as we're learning about the Exodus story, as we're walking through it, we're learning about ourselves. And so, that's one of the goals that we have. We want to learn, we want to understand who we are. Who who are we as individuals, as people? And what does it mean to be human? Like, we want to understand ourselves, we want to look into the mirror. But not only that, this story is one of the most pivotal ones in the scriptures because it sets the stage, it sets the framework for how God acts with humanity, who he is and how he interacts with us. And so through this story, we get to see our place in the big story of the Bible and the big story of of the world. And so that's what we're doing in this series. we're, We're understanding ourselves and we're understanding our place in this story. And so what we're going to come to today as we're walking through this story is we're going to wrestle with the question of identity. Who are we? Who are we? How do we come to understand our identity? That, that's what we're going to do today. So to do that, I want to open up, like, what's this question? Like, what is identity? And so let's dive into understanding this concept. So here's what I want to put before you, the, the, the question of identity. What is it? Here's a dictionary definition. <laughs> it's the qualities or the characteristics that distinguish us, which grant us our significance, and by which we are known. Now that's a lot of words, and like, what is that all about? I really want to highlight the three words that are significant in that definition. It's what distinguishes us, sets us apart. It's what gives us significance or meaning. It's how we are known known. So, what distinguishes you? What gives you your significance? How are you known? What would you say characterizes all that? Like, what are the kinds of things that come to your mind when you're like, okay, well, this, this is what distinguishes me. This is what I feel like gives me meaning. This is how I'm known. What are the kinds of things that you're coming up with. I wonder if you're, you're pretty quick to come up with a few things, but I wonder if you might be a little unclear. Are there some things you're like, I'm not really sure. How would I answer that question? Or when someone I meet at a gathering, like, hey, tell me about you. What, what do I say? I'm curious if you kind of feel that tension. Maybe you're, you're pretty clear and you know what it is, or maybe you've got some unclarity. Some if you were with us last week, as we began the story of Exodus, we, we were introduced to Moses and, and who he is. And, and one thing that I hope you caught, we didn't spend a lot of time on it, but we caught that Moses' identity was unclear. Did you notice that? So if you weren't here, here's a real quick, like we're introduced to the Israelites. They're slaves in Egypt. Pharaoh and the Egyptians, they're oppressing them, and, and they are taking advantage. They are, are, are working this people group hard. So much so that they're, just, they're, they're watching them and the people are crying out and, and then Pharaoh gets nervous and he decides he's going to start killing them. He starts by killing babies. He, went, he wants to snuff out the next generation. like He wants to keep the population under control but that doesn't quite work and God subverts all that but then he's like, all right, just kill all the children and so they're throwing them in the Nile. Well, Moses, his mother, puts him in a basket and he's rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. And Moses, who's a Hebrew, now comes into the palace, and he's in Pharaoh's family. But that right there should surface the question. Who is Moses? Is he a Hebrew? Is he an Israelite? Or is he an Egyptian? And that's a little unclear. Like, how is he going to play out? Now, you remember the the choice that we we talked about that we see in chapters 1 and 2. Are we going to choose the way of Pharaoh, the way of sin and brokenness? Are we going to choose the way of God? And we see with Moses, he's got to answer that question too. So when he gets a little older, he goes out and he's observing all that's happening. He sees an Egyptian beating up a Hebrew. And what does he do? He kills that Egyptian. He sees the injustice. He's like, that's not right. But then he uses another wrong to try to right that wrong. And sure enough, he has to flee. And so it's like, hmm, which way is he going to choose? Who is Moses? Moses' identity is unclear. And when we pick up our story today, that is where it stands: Moses, we're not sure who is he going to be. I'm curious if you resonate with that. If you're kind of wondering like, who am I? Who am I going to be? Like Where do I fit or fall? Because I think sometimes our identity, we can be unclear too. And when we're unclear, we begin looking for it. We're, we want to find, where is my identity. We're going to find it. Where, where, where can I find my identity? Where do I find significance and meaning? What distinguishes me? What am I known for? And we look for it. And if we can't find it, we start to try to build it. We're, we're trying to solidify what's my identity. I think where you see identity come forward most is in life transition. So for those of you who maybe are this, you're a high school student moving on to college, or you're a parent who's got high school students moving on to college, this is a major time of transition, right? Over a few years, like you're transitioning from childhood to adulthood. Like that is a major transition. And lots of questions come up of like, okay, who who am I? Or what career path am I gonna choose? Where am I gonna go to school if I'm gonna do that? And and what interests me? And most of the time the answer is I don't know. (laughs) right? Let's take another example. Maybe on the other end, retirement. You hit that age where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm near the end of my career, and it's like, am I going to retire? And, and sometimes you're, you're kind of sad about that. Maybe you stay a little longer than you think you should, or maybe you're really excited about that, can't come fast enough. But more times than not, I've, I've had conversations with so many people who are on that other side of retirement, and they're like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, how do I spend my time? Like, I did this for for 40 years. Like, that's where I just put so much of my energy and attention. And now I don't have that. What do I do? And we look for things, right? We look for things to to fill that. Like, at these moments of transition, these these life change kinds of things, we ask the question, what's my identity? Who am I? What defines me? when I was uh, a student, when I went from high school to college, and um, I, I actually loved both of those periods of time. Like, I loved high school. I loved going to college. Like, those were great. And, and I've shared this repeatedly, that I'm, I'm, I'm a runner. Like, I've grown up running. I ran competitively. Well, I wanted to continue running in college. And so that was part of what I was going to do. And so I, I was actually pretty good in, in high school, and so I wanted to keep running. And I, I had a lot of potential. So I continued to run. And while I ran at college, I never had a healthy season i was injured all four years and i never ran faster in college than i did in high school and so right there was a time in my life where at something if someone said hey tell me about yourself i'd rattle off a couple of things inevitably i'd share well, i'm a runner i love to run it gives me a lot of joy this is what i do yep that was threatened in college I could no longer run the way that I used to. I, I had high expectations for what I could do, the potential that I had, like, man, I, I can maybe be somewhat successful. And, like, I wanted to run well, and I never did. And right there, it's that identity question. Am I identified by this? Like, am I known as a runner, a, a successful one, Someone who could, you know, be an All-American in college. Like, is is that what I'm known as? If that's taken away, then what? Who am I if I'm not a runner? I'm curious if you've wrestled with that same kind of question. I'm curious if you've had these moments where you kind of look and say, like, what defines me? Where does my significance or meaning come from? How do I know who I am? I think when you hit these moments and you hit these life change moments or when you have this this thing that maybe you're choosing to be your identity is threatened, what then? See, for me, that college moment, my, my identity as a runner was being threatened. And I came to realize this idea that I think sometimes when we try to find our identity in the wrong thing, we find that that thing can't come through for us. It cannot bear the weight of identity. That thing cannot bear the weight of identity. If we're, if we're in these moments of life change and we're kind of asking this question, like, I think we have to ask ourselves, am I putting my identity in the wrong kind of thing? And, and I'm banking that right now you, you can say, well, yeah, yeah, I know when I am but if you're not sure, like, let, let me just kind of give you an indicator. If this thing that you, you know is really important to you or where you might suspect you have your identity, if that thing is threatened, how do you respond? Do you kind of ramp up and try to protect it and, and it's like, no, 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 don't touch that? Your identity might be found there. If it's threatened, if there's something that's coming in and saying, like, ah, oh, it's not quite what you think, if it's not coming through for you, your identity might be based on that thing. It might be your job. And you hit retirement and it's like, okay, I'm no longer working. Now what do I do? And you feel that emptiness. You feel that lack. You're like, I don't know what to do with myself. Or your family. <clears throat> Maybe you put your identity in your family. You're a parent. You love being a parent. You're, you're a great mom or dad. But then things don't quite go the way that you want as a mom or a dad. Like, the kids are just not acting the way you expect of them, and suddenly it's just like and you're like, why did I respond so intensely? Like, is your identity in your family? Or better yet, when the kids move out, are you dreading that? Some of you you're so excited about that, right? It's like, oh, okay, this is gonna happen. But maybe it's one of those moments where you're like, I do not look forward to that day. Or you find your identity in being a grandparent. You get all the fun and none of the responsibility, right? Like, that's a pretty sweet deal. It's like, "Ah, I can be a grandparent now. Is your identity as a grandparent? What happens if that's taken away? Or maybe it's in a hobby, like running, or some kind of talent, or you want to be known as someone who is, and if that's taken away, how do you respond? How do you feel? I think this is a great indicator for us to see when our identity is in the wrong thing because this thing actually cannot come through for us. We're going to find that when we, when we really push at it, when we, when we poke at this or when it's threatened and it can't come through, we see that it's not meant to bear the weight of our identity. So what is that for you? I'm curious if you're able to kind of pinpoint it right now. Maybe you can't and that's okay. But how do you know if you might be? When it's taken away, and how you respond. Because these things are not meant to bear the weight of identity. So, if some of these things aren't meant to do that, then what is? Like, what can bear the weight of identity? Where can we turn? Where can we put our, 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 our solid foundation on? Where, where can we turn? Turn to the book of Exodus. We're going to look at chapters 3 and 4 today, and we're going to discover what can bear the weight of identity, and we're going to see what that looks like. So Exodus chapter 3, we're going to be looking primarily at the first 14 verses of chapter 3, but we'll cover the rest of the two chapters there. But we're going to look at what identity has for us here. Like, what does God want to say about our identity? So if you're not already there, turn to Exodus chapter 3, The second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 3, we're going to be looking at the first 14 verses here. All right, so this is the story of the burning bush, so you might be familiar with this, but let's open it up. So verse 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now just a quick note, Horeb here is the same place as Sinai. Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb are the same place. So that's where Moses is right now. He's at Mount Sinai, okay? There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, well, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why this bush is not burning up. So he's seeing this. It's like, okay, what's happening? So he goes over, verse 4. Then the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, Indeed, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Now pause there. So what we see here is Moses, he discovers this burning bush that's not actually burning up. She's like, that's strange, I want to know what that's about. And sure enough, God calls out to him from that bush. And he's like, hey, Moses, here's who I am. I'm the God of your father. I'm God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'm about to do something. I'm going to rescue my people. I've heard them. They're oppressed. I'm going to save them. So God, he's he's heard what's been happening, and he's shown up. He's like, I want to do something about it. That's really good news. Like Moses, he's like, wow, okay, Yeah. And then what? Go. I'm sending you. Wait a minute, what? (laughs) Moses, like, in this moment, he's like, hang on a minute. I'm hearing good news, and now you want me to do something about that? That's not what he would have expected. Now, again, remember, coming into this story, Moses' identity is a little unclear. Like, who is this guy? What is he all about? And sure enough, this is where Moses goes next. So in verse 11, he asks the question. I mean, he just comes out and says it. But Moses says to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Like, why, why, are you, why are you here? Like, why are you calling me? Who am I? Pause a second. See, he's asking this question that we're wrestling with as readers but I want to highlight two things real quick that we're going to come back to in a little more detail. But notice how this all started. Moses, he goes to see this bush, and God calls out to him by name. Moses, I know who you are. And did you catch something else? And he says, like, here's what I'm, I'm the God of your father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do you know that phrase? It's in the Bible quite a bit. Is there something different about it? Did you catch it? I'm the God of your father, Normally, it's, I am the God of your fathers, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Like, I'm pointing back to it. But here, God says, I am the God of your father. And the Hebrew is singular. What God's doing here is, I think he's saying, like, I know who your biological father is. I'm his God. I know who you are. You're Moses. God is stepping in and saying, I know who you are. I know who you are. And I'm calling you to lead my people. Now, this isn't like, ooh, God's kind of showing up. It's like, ooh, okay, here's a guy who's showing up, okay. Uh, yeah, he could probably do it. Let's, let's run it. He's, he's special enough. No, no, no. Like, God is intentional about all of this. He's, I mean, Moses is at Sinai. <laughs> God is intentionally works like, I know where Moses is going to be because I'm choosing him, not because he's special, not because he just happened to come along. Like, no, no, no. I know who you are. I've been waiting for you. I've been waiting for this moment because I'm the God of your father and your ancestors and you are Moses. I know who you are. And so when Moses asks the question, how is God going to respond? What what is God going to tell him about all that he's like, I've been doing this. Like, What does God say in response to Moses' question, who am I? God says, I will be with you. That's his answer. I will be with you. I will be with you. That's the most important thing you need to know about answering that question. I will be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this very mountain. Now it's like, wait a minute, Like that's, that's the sign? Like, How does that help me on the front end? It's like you're telling me the result will be the result. And that's God's point. He's, he's saying, I will be with you, and I'm going to see this through. This is what's going to happen. And so that leads to this next question. Moses is like, okay, that's who I am, but who are you? Pick it up in verse 13. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites And say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask, what is his name? What shall I tell them? Verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. This is a kind of an interesting response from, from God here. He's, he's saying, like, well, I am who I am. I'm the one sending you. I, and this is me. Like, and there's a little, like, okay, what's he talking about? I'm curious if you've got a physical Bible. You might have a footnote there. I want you to look at it real quick. And, and notice that there's another way to translate this phrase. It can be translated, I will be who I will be. The Hebrew can be translated either way. Either is, is valid. But notice what it's going after here. I am who I am or I will be who I will be. I think what this is doing, is going to he's pointing forward. Like I'm gonna show you who I am. You wanna know who I am, you wanna know like what my character is, let me show you by what I'm about to do. I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna rescue the people and you're gonna see mighty wonders and powerful signs like I'm gonna do a miraculous kind of thing and you will be rescued, and you will be my people. This is who I am. What God's name is doing is pointing to his character, pointing to his identity. He's saying, I will show you my character. I will show you my identity. I will show you who I am. I am that I am. I will be who I will be. I just am And that's what you're to call me, I am. See, literally what they probably would have heard was this, Yahweh. That's his name. We call him, I am, Yahweh. That's what they were to, like, okay, who is this God? What's his name? Yahweh. But it calls, every time you say that, calls to mind my character, what I'm about to do, the salvation I'm going to bring, because God, his character, He's a rescuer. God is a rescuer. He's going to show up. He's going to do mighty things, and he's going to save the people. God is a rescuer. That's who he is. That's his character, and that's what this story points us to. He's a rescuer. But not only is God the rescuer for the Israelites from Egypt, he is a rescuer that transcends that. He's a rescuer because he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is a rescuer all the way through that. And what this story is pointing to is not just a physical rescue from slavery, but God is a rescuer in the fullest sense. See, where we are in history, we get the benefit of hindsight. We get to see that God has rescued in a more complete way. See, Jesus would show up on the scene he would be teaching, he'd be ministering, and he'd be saying, "I'm bringing something that you've been waiting for, but you didn't even realize you were waiting for it." He's promising a different kind of rescue, a rescue from sin, from the slavery of evil. Like in our hearts we get to be remade because of him. That is what he comes announcing. Now the people they're they're kind of oh, what do you what do you mean? What do you mean? Like you're here to save us from the Romans, like you're here to rescue us the way that we think you should and and there's some controversy, and, and sure enough, like, it kind of reaches ahead. Where in John 8, Jesus is having kind of this, you know, high, intense kind of conversation. And, and he's telling them, like, you need to follow me. You need to be saved from your sins, not just from the Romans. And you've got to do kind of, you got to follow me all the way. And you're going to do some crazy things. Like, you, you, you've got to lay down your life. You've you got to, like, absorb what I'm about to give you through the, like, Giving of my body, and they're like, What are you talking about? And he finally lands on this place. Before Abraham was, I am. He takes the name of God and says, That's me. I am God. God in the flesh. God made manifest on this earth. I am that rescuer. And I'm not coming just to save you from oppression physically. I'm here to save you at the heart level from oppression, from sin. And I'm going to do that by dying. I'm going to die. I'm going to give up my own life. And I'm going to be raised back to new life, resurrected for you. Because I'm the ultimate rescuer. That's who he is. God is the rescuer, and he's the one who shows up to rescue us fully and completely. That is what Exodus is pointing to. Jesus is the ultimate rescuer. What does all of this have to do with our identity? Like, why do I keep talking about this? You see, we see God, he reveals his name, that's kind of cool, okay, and he's a rescuer, like, that's great, but what does that have to do with us? With our identity, like how does our identity find the right place? What does all of this have to do? So what does it mean for our identity? Well, back to Moses. Again, in the text, God knows him by name. He knows his father. He's like, I, I know who you are, and I'm sending you. I'm sending you to lead my people out. Like, this, this is what he's doing. And, and he, he's, Moses is like, wait, 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 wait. Okay, who am I? You tell me that you will be with me. Cool. Um, and then I ask you what your name is, and you say, like, you'll be who you will be. Okay. But I'm still not there. Like, Moses isn't actually grounded in his identity. He's asking all of these questions and kind of pushing back, like, okay, you keep saying this, but, like, I can't do this. Like, what if they don't believe me? That's the next objection he offers. So in chapter four, he's like, I go to the Israelites. They don't believe me. What do I do then? He's like, that staff that you've got in your hand, throw it on the ground. and It turns into a snake. And he picks it back up and it comes back to a staff. And then Moses sticks his hand into his pocket into his cloak and he pulls it out and it's covered in boils. And he puts it back in and it comes back out healed. And God even says, like, you can turn water into blood. Like, all of this is just signposts to point to my power, my authority. See, God is equipping him for what he's asking him to do. Moses is, isn't special in himself. God has chosen him and equipped him. And then, then he's like, But me, like, I can't speak. You want me to go to talk to Pharaoh? Like, I'm terrible. I'm a terrible public speaker. I'm, I get my words all jumbled. Like, don't ask me to do that. Like, I can't do that. And God's like, Who made the mouth? Who made your mouth? I did. I created you. I made you. I know the way I've wired you. I'm sending you. I'm creator. I'm the one who calls. I know you, and I want you to go, and I'm going to equip you along the way. This is who God is saying Moses is. Now Moses, he finally gets to a place where like, okay, just don't send me. Please, send somebody else. And it's at this moment where God gets a little angry with him. Up to this point, it's not like God is very patient. He's fine with objections. He's fine with questions. But it's when Moses flat out refuses. He's like, okay, I'm sending you. I'm going to give you your brother Aaron. He can speak well, he's going to go with you. But you are going because this is who you are. Trust the identity I'm giving you. And there we see it our identity comes from God's identity. Who is God? He's the rescuer. He's the creator. He's the one who shows up and does miraculous things. And he calls us. And it's from there that we gain our identity. Your identity is grounded in who God is. That's what Exodus 3 and 4 are showing us. So Moses, he, he's still not sure. He, he goes and Aaron shows up, sure enough, and they go, they go do what God's asking them to do. But there's hints that he's still not all the way there. But what you'll see in the, in the coming chapters is that Moses increasingly steps into the speaking role. Both Moses and Aaron are going, but Aaron does some talking and it kind of says that. But then just Aaron fades off the scene. And Moses is the one who's doing more of the speaking. He is trusting the identity that God has given him. Our identity comes from God's identity what's your identity? I want to tell you. Because our identity now comes in Jesus. Now that Jesus has shown up, he says, this is who you are. Let me tell you. You are loved. 1 John 3, 1. You are loved. First and foremost, God loves you. He loves you. You are accepted. Romans 5 tells how we are reconciled to God, now fully received and forgiven by Him. We are accepted. You are a son, you are a daughter. We are declared as children of God. This is who you are. You are a son, you are a daughter. You are saved. He saves us. Anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. You are saved. You are made new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has gone and the new has come. You are made new. You have purpose. He created you. You're his craftsmanship. He made you a masterpiece. You have a purpose. This is your identity. This is who you are in Jesus. Maybe to sum it up in just one way, you belong to him. You belong to him. He is yours. You are his. That is your identity. If you are in Jesus, if you have committed to him, if you trust him, this is true of you. This is who you are. So if you're looking for your identity in other things, if you're trying to find what distinguishes you, what gives you significance, how you are known, those things, they might give you a little bit. It might even get you down the road quite a bit. But at some point, they will fail. They will fall short. They will not be able to come through for you in giving your identity. In the same way, whatever to, to whatever extent my running has defined me, has defined my identity, it fell short. It didn't come through for me. It didn't get me to that finish line of, of significance and meaning, like, oh, I've arrived, like now I am enough. It didn't get me there. Your job will not get you there. At some point, you will no longer work, whether by choice or by force. At some point, you will not have your career. At some point, as a parent, that role will transition. You will not be parenting the same way you are now. It will not be what it is for you. That hobby, that thing you spend time on, the the investment that you're making, like whatever it is, it will eventually fade. If your identity is found in it, your identity is going to fade with it. Where is your identity? This? will never fade. This will never end. Your identity in Jesus will never change. That is what Jesus wants to say to you. He is rescuer. He comes and delivers us from the things we try to put our identity in. And he says, your identity is in me. Trust me. Will you? Have you? Maybe today you're, you just, you've not made that choice before. You, you're not, I'm not so sure what I think about Jesus. That's okay. He's okay with questions. He's okay with some objections. He's willing to walk down the road with you. I encourage you, give this a test run. See what it's like to live in the identity that you are loved, you're accepted, you're forgiven, you're called, you are saved, you have purpose, he's going to come through for you. Maybe not in the way that we expect. Maybe not what we're quite looking for, but he's going to give us exactly what we need. And for those of us who have made that choice, are you still turning continually to put your identity in him? Because sometimes I think what happens is we'll, we'll get into tension. We'll get into you know, contradiction. We'll, we'll put our identity in him, but then something else too. Where is your identity? Where do you find that you keep putting your eggs in a basket? Your identity comes from Jesus. Jesus. So what do we do with that? Or how do we actually like make this work for us? How do we walk out of this room with something tangible? So here's a couple of suggestions for us to how do we step into this and how do we live into this identity? So number one, first you've got to identify what is your identity? Are you putting your identity in something else? How do you know? Here's two thoughts. Where do you put your time and attention? Like if you look at your calendar or look how you spend your minutes of the day, where does a lot of it go? That might be a good indicator for where your identity is. Where do you give your time and attention? Or, Or maybe another way is, where do you feel extremely protective? It's like, oh, okay, you can, you know, mess with that, that's fine, but don't touch this. Don't touch this. This has to be just like this. What's that this? What's that thing that you are protecting and wanting to just preserve and keep tight Maybe there's some identity there for you. Identify that. Know what that is. Name it. Be able to point your finger at it, like there it is. Then what do you do? Number two. Stop striving and receive identity from Jesus. Oftentimes we're striving for something there. Maybe it's your job, it's like oh, I gotta work more, I gotta put in the overtime, I gotta do do more that I can to, to climb the, the corporate ladder. Like, and We're striving. Don't not do a good job. That's not what I'm saying. Like, Don't strive. Don't try to find your significance or be known by your job. Stop striving and receive. Hear those words from Jesus. Know what he says about you. Receive it from him. Hear it from him. And do this, number three, in a continual kind of way. Give time and attention to your true identity in Jesus. It's like one thing we can hear it once, like, oh, that's nice. We need to hear it over and over again. We need to hear it every day. It may be one of those things where you, like, type that out or get a list, and it's like you put that on your mirror or your card dashboard, and you look at it every day. You hear, this is who I am. This is who Jesus says I am. Hear that again and again and again and again. This is my identity. Give time and attention to it. Cultivate it. Focus on it. Hear your identity from him. So that's what I think how we step into it. We identify what's the thing that we maybe are trusting in that we shouldn't. Cease striving after that. Release that and receive from Jesus your identity and hear it again and again and again, and allow it to shape you, form your habits. All of this is true because he is rescuer. He's deliverer. He's savior. He steps in and says, I give you your true identity. That's what Moses experienced. That's what we're to experience. We're to see this idea. Our identity comes from God's identity.